0: We are at the ARA Show in Orlando and I'm joined by Matt Harris, the CEO of Texada. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Very good. So before we get into Texada, so we are at the ARA Show today and we've been shooting a whole range of podcasts. is this your first uh, ARA show? Have you been before?
1: Yeah, for me personally, it's, it's, uh, it's my first. The company has been exhibiting at, at many ARA shows over, over many years
0: now and is a, a proud member of the ARA for, for many years as well. Okay, so walking in, obviously seeing all the machines and, and vendors and crowds, like, what was your first impressions?
1: First of all, if you like construction equipment, it's a cool place to be. You see some amazing, uh, amazing new machines, and 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 a lot of innovation in in, in things that uh, rental companies can can actually rent from electrified machines to power generation. It's all pretty cool. And then there's a really uh, neat compilation of software companies like us who are doing uh, software-based innovation uh, on a productivity basis for the industry. Yeah. So it's a real exciting uh, compilation and, and 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 congregation of of companies just serving the industry i i really couldn't think of a better place to be to really
0: help you know get to know more of our our customers our our market and also help tell our story. Very much so. And then on the weekend they had like the the guest speakers coming out and and little workshops. Did did anyone from Texado attend those?
1: Yeah, we attended several of those. It's that's some of the best part about meetings like this. I think is that you really can understand and and learn more about what are the the topics that the industry is really, really focused on you know, now and into the future. And for companies like us, that's, that's kind of our lifeblood. I mean, as a software company, what we want to do is address the real challenges that the industry is facing. Mm. Um, and so really understanding that not just from the, you know, from the perspective of our customers, but also
0: in these, in these learning settings is really very important yeah, for us. Definitely. Yeah, I think. And then like, like those are definitely great points. And the third one that I think is really amazing is the networking opportunity, because like everyone comes together and you can meet people and then you meet someone and they, they'll introduce you to someone else. And it's sort of just, a, it just grows from there really. And then the following year that you come then you've got an additional people to hang out with and so on and so on
1: yeah the networking is phenomenal in certainly meeting our customers in, in, in settings like this, also people who aren't our customers, and obviously learning about the challenges that they face, and honestly, you know, meeting some of our our competitors and the other people in the industry, there's a lot of learning that uh, that can we can be that can happen here. And I found that the, the places, uh you know, even amongst competitors, it's it's a collegial environment where we're eager to learn from
0: each other and you know and 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 support the industry. Yeah, very much so. So. So you are the CEO of Texada, and we'll get into who Texada is. But how did you first join the industry? Um, so I joined Texada in August of last year, August of
1: 2022. So I'm pretty new to the industry and to the equipment space. But um, I didn't come from you know, light years away. I came from many, uh, maybe a, a hop and a skip away. Um, prior to this, I was president of a software company called Viewpoint Construction Software. And we serve the construction industry. So many of the uh, the customers of my of my last uh, at my last company um, are the contractors who are renting from mm. you know our customers and the people attending this industry today, this uh, this show today. And so I'm very familiar with the construction environment, the built environment, if mm. you will, um, and with the you know creation and
0: scaling of
1: a world-class software company.
0: Yeah, and then like. Even those construction companies, they typically manage their own assets as well, so you really aren't too too far away, I would say. And Viewpoint's very popular in Australia, by the way. Yeah,
1: I know, and I've been to Australia <laughs> many times, uh, to your fair city in Sydney, and in, in, in Melbourne, and in, in Brisbane, and other places. Uh, we have a great customer base there, and I really enjoyed uh, going down there and visiting with them. And so whereabouts are you based? I'm currently based in Portland. Our company's headquarters is just outside of Toronto and Mississauga.
0: Okay, and so... Nearly joined to Texada, so maybe just want to explain on who actually is Texada Software.
1: Yeah, Texada Software, um, we are a SaaS software provider to equipment rental and dealer uh, companies. Uh, and our software is really a compilation of three pieces at, at its core. Uh, we help uh, dealerships and rental companies manage their rentals. Um, we help them sell equipment if they happen to be dealerships, Dealerships, and then we help them manage their service contracts and service engagements with their customers as well. And so we have this, this three-headed horse, if you will, that helps a company manage all the ways they can potentially make money across rental, equipment sales, and equipment service.
0: Okay. And then the, the reach is a. It- just in in North America, or what's the actual reach of the company? We're a
1: global company. Great question. Um, we obviously have a good, uh, great North American customer base with our headquarters in uh, in in Tor- in the Toronto area, so Canada and, and the United States. We also have a, a wonderful customer base in Australia and New Zealand, as well as
0: in Europe, as well. Mm-hmm. And so, so why do you think? or well, why did Texata get into rental? Do you do you know why? What the original reason was you know like a lot of
1: companies um in this type of uh, of, of really focused uh, vertical market and domain texada was born from the industry that that said it was born out of a equipment rental organization and it was born out of an equipment dealership And these were uh, entrepreneurs who were, you know, running uh, their own businesses, growing and scaling their businesses, and they found that they need better software tools to manage their businesses. So they created software that really gave them an edge and helped them sell more equipment, helped them more efficiently rent and manage their fleet and assets. And ultimately, you know, it's a collegial industry, people ask them, hey, what are you using, what's that? And they said, well, we developed this software, and 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 uh, and a colleague or up here at another company may have said, Hey, can we give it a shot? Um, and and they did. And so and then one thing led to another, and more more people started uh, and an organization started using the software. And then at, at one point it became such a thing that it, you know, the software split out of the rental house and out of the dealership
0: to mm. create its own thing. Interesting, yeah. So I guess getting the insight from the actual market to almost code develop I would say to a certain extent, is probably a very uh, big advantage to, to any software provider.
1: Yeah, especially for what we do. I mean, we're the heart of a rental company and, and in many ways the heart of a dealership. Um, we're at the core of what they do, renting, uh, renting equipment, uh, engaging with their customers, managing their fleet, um, and uh, in order to actually do that really well in, in all the different ways that you can possibly do it in equipment rental, Really having an insider perspective, we think really makes a difference. And it's the same thing on the on the dealer side when you're selling or servicing equipment. We know how a a sales manager or a sales rep thinks mm-hmm. um, about how they can help to, you know, help encourage a customer to come into the store to review their equipment portfolio to help them on, you know, with their next service contract or the next service engagement if they have a if they have a fault code and it needs to get addressed. And so really coming at it from an insider perspective is, is I think one of, the, is one of the key advantages that we can bring to this marketplace. Mm. And all we do, by the way, the only thing that we do is equipment rental and equipment dealerships. It's not like we have you know 45 verticals and this is one. This
0: is, this is our lifeblood. Mm. And I think that's important because you really want your software provider to understand the customer and what their processes are and what their challenges are and whatnot. You don't want to call someone and then have to educate them on your own process. So I think when you when you really narrow down to that niche, you can you can become experts. Oh,
1: totally. And I've 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 seen demonstrations um, that we've had of our software or implementations, and uh, I've I've been part of the process and I've been meeting with customers, and they'll ask us a particular question around, um, say, even commissioning salespeople. And they'll ask if we do it this way and we'll say, sure, we do it that way, but we also do it this way and this way for these other reasons. And you'll see a light bulb go off in um, mm-hmm. our, our customers like, huh, I never thought about doing it that way. That's really interesting. And that's when things get really exciting for us is when we can kind of bring kind of a new way of doing things into yeah. into a rental house or a dealership and expose some new information to them. That's, I think, when, you know, our job really gets exciting and that's when it's fun.
0: And I think, like, I've got a little bit of experience with Texada. One of the, the big advantages that I see looking on the outside is having the integrated accounting as yeah. well.
1: So having the integrated accounting really brings, brings an advantage in that you know, it's all, it's all connected and, and all easily maintained, and you know that the information that you have from an operational perspective is exactly how it's going to be represented um, in your point of sale systems, in your account receivable systems, also in your payment systems and your contracting systems. So you have this, this continuity of information that you is just 100% reliable, mm. and I think that's a big advantage
0: that, that, we, that we have for sure. And I think it's almost the other direction as well, being able to look at a GL transaction and then drill through all the way to the end journal that it came from and then find that invoice or that contract or that that work order, whatever it is, rather than sort of looking at that, copying that, pasting it in software, opening that up, trying to, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: for sure. And if you you really wanna understand, you know, what's a driver for costs and you're doing some analysis of a profit and loss statement, and it you, you looks like you have a heavy cost month, for example, to your point, you can actually drill into that cost basis and see what's going on. Is it a class of equipment that had a heavy service intervals in a given month and that was requiring a lot of you know, spare parts purchases or something like that? You can really understand kind of what, what's happening in the business by that kind of forensic approach that we allow. Mm. And so, so when did Texada first start? Texada first started in the 80s. Um, and that was really when it was combined with the, uh, with the rental company. Mm. And then, um, the dealership part of our business was founded
0: in 2006. And that was, that was spawned out of a, a, a heavy equipment dealer. Yeah. And so you said the word SAS at the very beginning of this podcast. And so, I'm assuming there was quite an evolution of the product over that time. As
1: there well. was. There's a there's a big evolution of the product. And so, really, the products were really created as enterprise software with all this domain and understanding of rental houses and dealerships. And in the 80s, uh, at that time, and you know, to some extent, even in the early 2000s, SaaS was less of a thing. Um, but the the history of the companies has been, you know, constant investment in R&D and engineering. And so one of the things that the companies have done a fantastic job with is maintaining the state of the art. Um, And so it's not, you know, we're in state-of-the-art platforms and state-of-the-art hosting environments. Um, They're all browser-based applications. They have lots of mobile applications. We have sophisticated web services, APIs, application programming interfaces that let people get information into and out of our systems really easily. Um, We have, you know, state-of-the-art authentication controls for security um, and, you know, redundant data centers. So we're we're built from the ground up as a
0: modern SaaS application. Mm. Yeah, I think logging into a server, which is so common among so many rental softwares out there, is such a challenge for maintenance and then also for the end user to get in there, being web-based completely changes that user experience I and mean, then you can access it anywhere yeah and so on
1: yeah and then the other thing you can take advantage of is being you know cloud based is there's a lot of uh, innovation happening in cloud-based services. So AI is the artificial intelligence is the is the latest uh, is the latest news out there. So being cloud-based, we can use AI-based services, artificial intelligence services, to help you know help make our products better. So I'll give you a good example. We use artificial intelligence-based service to analyze pre and post inspection images, and the AI helps determine if there's damage or not. So using AI will flag a piece of equipment and say, we think that this piece of equipment has damage and you might want to look at it. That makes the, the whole field process of you know, collecting equipment, just, you know, the, the disposition of the equipment post, post-rental, um, that makes it much more faster, much faster, more efficient, more effective. Um, and you know we're able to take advantage of services like that because we're cloud-based, because we work with modern AI-based services, which
0: are cloud-based as well. Yeah, I thought you were going to say ChatGPT just for a second there. Uh, not yet, <laughs> not yet, not yet. You I was know, like, I this is taking a wild turn. <laughs> I can imagine
1: when you know maybe there's opportunities to include ChatGPT to help with. Uh, yeah, you know, how marketing. do I better
0: maintain my equipment? Yeah, <laughs> analyzes yeah. all the data. Yeah, yeah. So, you mentioned inspections and, and damage uh, detection. So, I read that you also, well, as part of the Texata group, Logimove is in that group now.
1: Yeah, and so we, uh, we have a, a variety of different applications and functions that have, have come together. Um, and the, one of the things that we have is uh, through uh, a company that we uh, recently acquired is a magnificent uh, mobile and browser-based application that can do field inspections and can do it really, really well. Uh, the application can do it as simply as uh, you know having a checklist of pre- and post-pre- and post-rental inspection items that you know a, a, a truck driver or a transporter should should review. Um, we can it, can, it can add images to that. And so if there wants to be a record of that, of those, uh, of those inspections, those, along with the checklist, we can add, add a picture from a mobile phone, for example. And then as I mentioned, we can add artificial intelligence that will actually compare the pre-rental expe- uh, picture with the post-rental in, uh, picture and flag it. And if we see uh, there's a, there's a, there's a magnif- there's a big change. And so we can flag it for damages. Yeah. And then I saw something about
0: uptake recently as well.
1: Yeah, that's the dealer side of our business. And so remember, at the at the start of our of our discussion here, I talked about you know what we're creating, and we think this is really unique and new. Um, we're creating a platform that enables a company like a dealership or a rental house to really manage the three ways that you know they think about their business. So a dealership, and a, you know an integrated dealer, for example, they don't just sell equipment. Um, they they make most of their profits on services and increasingly dealers Um, and the manufacturers that they represent, you know, are wanting to get into rental. It's a new market that they can address. It's a continuous relationship that they can have. And so dealerships are increasingly expanding their portfolio of business beyond sales into service and rental. Mm -hmm. The thing is, there's really no integrated platform that will enable a dealership like that, or a rental house, for that matter, who does sales and service, that will enable these companies to manage the, the trifecta of their business. And so they manage. So currently dealerships are managing, you know, sales in, in a system service in another system and rental and yet a third system. And what the problem is, is that you have these information silos. So a dealership really has no full perspective of the relationship that they have with their customer. Mm. They know how much they sold them or they know when the last time they came in for service, or they know what their reservation is to rent next week. But they really don't have a 360 perspective, Mm. and that's the problem that we want to solve. We want to give them that 360 perspective. So if somebody's in a dealership to rent something, you know, they'll, that that salesperson will also know that um, you know that hey, it's time to remind them to actually bring in their uh, bring in their other piece of equipment for an oil change, um, or for example, if somebody's bringing in something because it broke for a service uh, appointment. The rental people can be there and say, "Hey, do you need something to rent to give you capacity while this is uh, while while we're repairing your machine?" The connection of the sides of the business we think will solve you know fantastic will will, will create fantastic opportunities for for the industry and for
0: dealerships in particular. Yeah, I've definitely seen it where uh, I've seen a dealer have separate systems for rental and service, and uh, they've put something out on rent and then it breaks down, and then the service department. Uh, gets a call, and then they have no idea on who the customer is, what the rental contract is, all that information. So now they're scrambling into the other system to try and find that information, and then manually put that against the work order, and then go out and do it, and then then trying to mix up the the cost of that rental contract. You know, if it's separate, it really makes it a bit of a puzzle to try and yeah. uh, effectively have a P and O on your equipment.
1: Yeah, and I we we heard this um, really interesting statistic at the um, Association of Equipment Dealers uh, show earlier this year in January in Chicago. And this analyst um, in a session I was attending talked about uh, the average customer churn in, a, in the average equipment dealership. And, and he defined churn as um, customers who have not bought from that dealership in the previous 12 months. And it turns out on average, according to this analyst, um, and this generated a lot of discussion, this this topic, according to this analyst, uh, an average dealer churns 5% of their customers a month. 5% a month, now on the one hand, that may not sound that big, but annualize that. Mm. That's 60% a year, right? Can you imagine running a business where 60% of your customers churn or they haven't bought from you in the past year? The point being is that if, if all dealerships are focused on is sales, the result is a 60% churn model. If the focus then grows into service and then rental, think about all the additional opportunity that dealership has to stay, stay engaged with that customer, to sell them something, to continue the service of that, of that, of that product, to rent them more of that when they have you know, demand, you know, capacity uh, spikes uh, mm-hmm. and demand spikes that they need. And so this is really um, you know, this, this, this multi-channel approach to customer engagement. Is something that a lot of other industries try, and you know, sophisticated retailers try. But now, you know, bringing something like this into into an equipment dealership or a
0: rental house, we think you know, can really be a game changer. And then, so within those dealerships, then let's just stay on that topic. Like uh, a big portion of their revenue comes from parts, like yep. selling parts to to their customers whether it be through a service or retail parts, whatever it might be. So then Texada manages that inventory of those items as well. Yeah, we
1: help them manage, we help them manage their parts and service for sure. Um, And it's, you know, uh, a a lot of their their revenue certainly comes from parts and service, but really it's it's the profit margins on those are really very strong. And so it's uh, it's a great way for dealerships to become you know very profitable uh, as they as they provide services and then spare parts and we help them with that we help you know help them quote parts for their customers. Um, certainly, from a rental house perspective, the spare parts and access to spare parts is how they keep their fleet productive um, and, and, and up and running, and we help them maintain their, their inventory of parts as well as their ordering of parts from, um,
0: from, uh, from the manufacturers or other parts, other parts distributors. And then, uh, earlier on in the discussion, you mentioned the word mobile or mobility. So, what does that mean for Texada?
1: So, the you know the, the the job of a of a equipment rental house or a dealership you know just doesn't st- stop at the storefront. Um, so clearly, we provide enterprise systems to manage their business or manage their sales or their or their service uh, their service contracts. But then it extends out um, into their yards of their managing their inventory, of you know what they'll what they'll have available to rent, for example. It extends then out into the logistics and then the transportation of equipment to and from job sites, for example, in the case of, of rental. And so the logistics of the rental and the truck drivers or the transporters who are doing that. And then it extends out even further to the actual job site where the equipment may be working. And so we provide tools for service technicians to you know, do checkups on the equipment on the job site. Um, we actually have telematics um, that will tell us the status of equipment, um, whether it's you know whether it's throwing a fault code or not, um, and that will help inform the service department that hey this machine may have a problem. We better go look at it really quickly, um, or we better call the customer and, and uh, schedule a service appointment. So we really think about the business holistically, not just the people you know in the store at the dealership. But you know how you know how they're getting the equipment out there, how they're managing the equipment at the contractor's job site as yeah. well, and
0: ultimately removing paper from that process. And
1: removing paper from the process, and that's why you know automating it through mobile applications. And we have a series of applications for mobile applications for the salespeople, um, for service managers and service technicians, for um, truck drivers, and 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 the inspectors of 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 equipment, uh, rental equipment. Um, and so we have a, a,
0: a several different mobile applications that make their lives easier. Mm. And so I'm hearing about all this data that you're collecting uh, for your customers, and then it's it obviously such an opportunity to try and start analyzing that data. So where does reporting come into the picture?
1: Yeah, so first of all, the data is our customers' data. And, you know, we like to make it really clear that it's their data. They own the data um, and, you know, they, they can do with it as, as they see fit. Um, What we're trying to do is create tools for them that makes the data more useful for them. And so to your point, having a lot of data in a uh, inflexible reporting tool is really kind of useless because ideally you're getting the right information to the right person at the right time, regardless of where they are or who they are. And so if a service technician needs to know the date of the last preventative maintenance on a piece of equipment, they don't, they don't want to they can't just see that in a report that's run on a computer in the office. They want to see that when they're out there on a job site trying to fix something that's broken, and so they want to be able to see that from a mobile application or if a business owner um, wants to understand, you know, the, you know, what drove, what drove great revenues in, in the month of January, you know, they want to be able to see that, you know, a compilation of the information that helped them, that helped them have a great month, mm-hmm. you know, and word that was it a, you know, was it a, a, a one or two great rentals? Was it a pricing opportunity that they took advantage of, um, or, or, or understanding more about that?
0: So, so let's, let's talk about your customers for a second. Uh, let's say that I I own a rental business and I'm looking for a new rental software to, to manage my sales, rental and service. Uh, what's the ideal customer size? Like are we talking like one or two employees all the way up to a thousand or is there a sort of a cutoff? Like where, where does it sort of fit in the middle?
1: It's generally when, um, when uh, uh, customers are getting into several different storefronts, that a system like ours will really uh, really play, pay, pay dividends. Um, because we can um, help them manage the performance of each of the different stores, help them manage inventory between the different stores and the allocation of their fleet. Um, and these are when the businesses are gonna become uh, more sophisticated, um, have different types of uh, customer engagement models, different type of sales territories, for example um perhaps even different fleet types you know they might have a one cat class at a given at a given store and a different cat class and in another store Um, oftentimes there's different tax profiles of those of those businesses if they're in in different regions or even counties um Mm. in in the case of the u.s uh and so we can help them really manage the nuances um, of the different of the different storefronts or
0: the major the major differences in Mm. the storefronts okay so let's say that i have four locations, uh, let's just say 50 employees, I've got $25 million worth of assets and my, I've got paper all through my business, uh, my data isn't super clean because uh, we've been running for 20 years now, uh, our branches have, or loc- locations have different processes to a certain extent and, and I, I know for me to get from three locations to 10 locations, like we, we can't grow in that same Way. We need to have a better way of, of, of managing our business. Like, what would the first step be as a business owner to, to sort of go on that journey?
1: Well, I mean, I think the first step is often ensuring that you have your your core system of record established and, and set up the way you want it to be. And so in our case, a, a lot of times people will start with you know their basic collection of, of, uh, of their revenues, and the payment of invoices and ensuring that that's established and they can manage that you know in the most straightforward of ways then you manage that into your into your contracts into your rental contracts themselves and and so we extend then the collection of invoices into the management of contracts And that starts then at counter operations and so ensuring that the counter operations are automated um, are 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 efficient Um, we have payment uh, 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 integrated payment modules for example that enable um, that cut the transaction time down to seconds as opposed to minutes and enable enable our our customers to really quickly transact on high velocity items Um, and so we can then automate their counter operations And then the other things that we can do is we have uh, integrated and built-in e-commerce capabilities. So a, uh, a rental house can set up their own storefront for example and the storefronts will is is connected to the inventory and so uh customers their their customers are aware of the availability of their assets um, and will tell them you know the pricing of the asset and customers can rent it rent it from there so we establish then you know on the basis of understanding the revenues the ability to contract with customers at the store and even extending that into e-commerce so that's that's a core component of it on the other side is that you know you're really understanding your costs and the drivers of costs is where we get into the operations of the business, and so managing um, the fleet, the service, the service uh, work orders against the fleet, um, any maintenance that's requirements of the fleet, we do that through, applica- through our own applications as well. Um, both from a, a management perspective that's done in the uh, in the office but also from a service technician perspective so we can provide work orders to the service technicians and give them the information that they need to work on equipment X or Y or Z and then mm. do that in a way that makes sense for them and also from the drivers who are you know picking up and delivering equipment we give them you know the the, the information that they need to know you know, which equipment's going where, what's time to come back, what's off rent to to pick it up um, and really manage the logistics of it all. And so doing that effectively and efficiently and as productively as you possibly can then helps, you know, helps on the cost side as well. And what we're learning now in in today's day and age is that um, just, you know, finding qualified people is is one of the most uh, difficult challenges in all of rental and dealerships for that matter. Um, and it's uh, it's certainly things like truck drivers and just finding people who will, you know, who can uh, you know, deliver equipment, pick it up, those are, that's a challenge. So making these folks uh, as efficient, as effective and productive as you possibly can be is really important. Also, you know, when you're when you're hiring people nowadays. They don't want to work on clipboards anymore. People expect to have, mm. you know, a mobile application that will help them get their job done. So it's it's helps people, helps our customers, we think, you know, bring in new people. And then on the technician side of things, that's is even worse. So finding qualified um, service technicians who can maintain repair equipment is, is really quite difficult. Mm-hmm. And so enabling them and giving them the tools that they can be as productive as they possibly can. You know, you don't want to have a wasted trip to a job site on something that didn't, you know, didn't need to happen. For a service technician who, you know, you could use 10 and you have three. Um, and so we really have to, you know, make sure that we're providing the tools to mm-hmm. help there.
0: So, so you covered quite a lot of uh, the operations there, and and as a an owner operator of a, of that of that four locations, like it sounds intimidating to prepare all my processes and, and data to lead up to it. So, I guess, like, does Texada help the, the business along the way? Is like, is there a change management piece? Like, how? Because I I feel like. Like, changing ERP systems is is a big task, and it, it shouldn't be taken lightly. So I just want to understand, like, how does Texada make that life simpler?
1: Yeah, and, and I think the, the, the cool thing about our, our platform is that you don't have to start with all of it. Um, it can You can start in an area and then grow into it. Um, so, if starting in um, just core rental management is, is where a company would like to start and just really, you know, ensuring that they have their full, their, their rental management uh, under control, their, their, their financials under control, their, their rental, rental contracts under control, that's a great place to start. Um, and then, you know, adding in e-commerce capabilities or, or, or payment, uh, integrated payment capabilities, that's something that we can come back in and, and help add on. Adding in some of the, the field service tools, um, field inspection capabilities. Those are things when when our customers are ready to, you know, extend and automate operations that we can we can help them and we can provide that as well. The the great thing about our, our company is that you know we have truly world class services and support, and so um, we uh, we have uh, a team that is dedicated to our customers in. Into you know setting up the software, configuring it to their requirements, and doing uh, really hands-on and in-depth training with our customers um, to help them learn learn the learn the software as best they can, and and you know, with training it's not one and done, and so that's why we really back that up with a fantastic sur- uh, group of support people um, who who come from the industry. And so they'll often know our customers' business as much as and sometimes more than our customers do. And mm-hmm. so they can really, you know, support them and how to get the most out of our software. Um, answer any technical questions that they may have, and really, you know, be the be the partners in, you know that our customers need for you know a system of record like ours. So
0: it almost sounds like this is like a year project in terms of like the build up and the pre- preparation, and then obviously the the transition onto the system, and then the rolling out, and then the change management, and then the ongoing. Like it, someone shouldn't have in their mind. Well, I'm going to change systems in three months. Surprisingly, it's actually closer to three months. And so our our average
1: implementation time is actually a bit less than three months. It's about two months. Um, occasionally, you know, for larger customers with complex needs and, you know, different, different, different configuration requirements, you know, it can go, it can go, it can go longer into the three months, but there's a lot of things that we do, um, because our system is inherently configurable because we know their businesses really well, we can really work with them, uh, quickly and efficiently to get them set up and going. Mm. Um, and then we, you know, support them in that startup.
0: Yeah. And I think the, like to hit that, less than three months like as you mentioned the person that is looking at transitioning onto a new system or or implementing a system really needs to like prep their team like I feel like if you were to transition in let's just say two months like that's a big change for like a hundred person like business yeah Uh, so it uh, I would say to the listeners that don't don't take it as gospel that it's a two-month implementation from the moment that you say we're going to change systems and you haven't even spoke to Texarta yet yeah it, it, it there is a, a build-up process that that needs to go through uh and uh i remember i was talking to the who hire implemented 180 locations and, and their biggest advice to people out there was uh, you. The more planning you do for the yeah. build-up, the better the implementation is going to go. Don't start planning once you decide to implement
1: Yeah. And our average customer, I should add, has got seven locations. And so that gives you some context. So certainly, you know, the the, the larger customers with the many, many dozens or hundreds of locations, that's that's a, it'd be a challenge to get that done in, in three months. But um, for other customers with five locations, six locations, seven locations, You know, we're very good at, you know, because we understand their business really well, because our system is capable of really flexing to what their requirements are, uh, uh, too, we can get them going pretty quickly.
0: And I I picked up on something you said, making it more efficient at the counter through payments. So is that like a payment? gateway yeah it's
1: a payment it's a payment application that integrates directly um, into our system and so at the at the counter at the point of sales you take credit cards Um, the credit card processes against a a purchase uh, you know either a a purchase a payment for a rental contract or a payment for a consumable or something like that that they're buying and then it goes boom right into the system it's all processed right there it's uh, one system, one and done. It takes, it really, um, as a game changer, and those are words uh, that I've heard from our customers, it's take, it takes processing time down from maybe four or five or six minutes to, you know, in, into the 10 second range. Mm. Now, that, that may not sound like that big of a difference, but imagine yourself doing, you know, high velocity transactions in a busy period. Um, and you know you, if you if you're taking 5 minutes a transaction you just need armies of counter people to support that otherwise you're losing business if you can make that more productive and make it quicker per transaction then you can maintain your business and your growth without you know staffing a you know a huge a huge counter organization as well and those are hard people to come by too in this day and age
0: yeah and i think the other benefit is that If you do use a payment gateway so maybe just to explain to the audience you can store a credit card as what's called a token and that token uh, allows you to store that I'm assuming in Texada against a customer Uh, but what that means is once you set that up once that token can be reused again when that customer comes back Uh, and so rather than you asking for the credit card again you can say are you uh, token number six five four three at the last four digits and then you can process that payment straight away. It's very common when you go anywhere, if you call a bank or whatever it is, is this the number you're referring to? Or if you're going onto a website, like it stores your information. And I think that's the sort of flexibility that it allows like the first transaction, but then the ongoing transactions, if the customer allows you to store that information.
1: Yeah. And that's a, you know, that's a bit of a function of the, um, of the rental house themselves or the dealership, whether they want to maintain credit cards, and also the payment provider. So the it's you know these are highly um, mature uh, systems, and so we we work with uh, partners in that regard. And so that's certainly a function of it. The most important thing, though, is that we're able to connect this this point of sale card capture system that you mentioned, you know, into the core of uh, of the business. Mm. Um, and so that transaction processing mechanism, you're no longer dealing in two disparate systems. You're dealing in one system, yeah. and we make that back. And the card processing supported by, you know, large global companies is seamless. So we make it more connected,
0: you yeah. And so what's the next steps for Texata then?
1: So the next steps, Um, you know, certainly we're, I think we're at the beginning of AI. Um, We spoke about, um, you know, how we use artificial intelligence now to help inform rental companies when there might be damage. Uh, There are other things that we can do in that way in terms of uh, helping helping businesses analyze their own data um, and helping inform them about business trends certainly um, presenting and providing more access to information uh, all the time is i think a real opportunity for us Um, we want to provide business owners the the capabilities that they need to you know see trends um, if, they're, if they're looking at a, a daily rental report, we want to show them is that, you know, is the trend, f- trend of that day up or down from the day before? How about the week? How about the month or the year to date? We want to provide that kind of information, you know, we call it in situ, in the line of where, how they're using the application. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're reviewing service work orders on a piece of equipment, we want to tell them is that, you know, is that equipment, is the service requirements for that equipment going, you know, and trending up, trending down, you know, how has that affected the productivity? Of that, the, the dollar productivity or time productivity of that equipment um, according to those service contracts. So really giving feeding this information back to the users of our software in usable ways, um, in, in, re- in really intuitive ways is, is, a, is a focus of ours, and that's something that we're working on. The last thing which I think is is really important in the in the world of modern software. Um, is that you know we we philosophically uh, we have a great SaaS platform we have a modern uh, environment um, we have modern APIs web services for our applications um, philosophically uh, we believe in an open environment and so we want to work with and integrate with as many partner companies or many other software companies or customer systems as we can to provide you know the great system that our customers uh, demand. We know that you know, we can't do it all on our own, nor do our customers want to do it all on our own. And, and, it's, and it providing a better service um, requires our uh, working with others and really enabling our customers to benefit from, from uh, the connections of other, other great software or their own system. And I think that's that's a real um, important component of you know as we think about you know philosophically as we think about our platform and the technology that we're building from, um, we don't want to build a, a closed wall environment that's you know proprietary to just our stuff. Doesn't make sense. There's too much innovation happening in the world right now. And so we really want to enable customers, users um, to get the most out of it, hopefully using as much of our stuff as they can, but also connecting it in other places where it makes sense for them. Mm. And so that's, uh, that's something that we're absolutely committed to. Um, and I also think it kind of sets us apart in the industry right now.
0: Yeah. So maybe just because not all of our listeners is going to be super technical. So uh, just to provide context, I guess in, in older architecture, people would connect third-party applications directly to a database, uh, and that isn't the best way or method to connect to things because it's not super secure and it can change things. So you mentioned the word API and web services. So what does that actually mean for someone that's not technical?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And API is an application programming interface, and that's software speak for a standardized interface that's often based upon web technologies that um, allows uh, somebody or something, another application, to get information from a system or into a system in a very scalable way. Um, And so if there's another uh, software application that that, uh, a customer wants to connect to Texada, for example, Um, The old way of doing it, as you mentioned, would be to write a very customized and configured piece of code that would somehow get the information from that other software into Texada or pull Texada's information and shove it into the other software. Um, That's complicated, expensive, and not secure. Uh, In a modern web interface, you can do that. You can actually uh, enable the, uh, the integration of information and data in a very scalable way using secure web technologies that really um, a simple IT person can help set up. Um, and it really becomes a, a non-event uh, to get information into and out of mm. a system. So like we said, we wanna provide tools that our customers can use uh, you know, from Texada that help them manage the whole of their business. But we also understand that there's a lot of other systems out there um, that our customers have that they wanna use and really you know, providing them uh, the ability to connect uh, into Texada, I think is, is part of our job one. Mm.
0: Very good. So i to learn a little bit more about Matt Harris as well, so not just Texada. So, in terms of like uh, the next generation of staff that are coming through, whether it be at Texada or at a rental business or at any business really, like what, what advice would you give to that person uh, that's starting on their career?
1: I think um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I think great software companies, especially great vertical software companies are built on three things. Um, And it's really the the, the three things come together that, that really define the greatness. One is, you know, clearly you have to understand the vertical industry. In our case, you know, we really come from rental. We come from dealerships. We often know our customer's business at least as well as they do, sometimes better. And so really having that intimate um, uh, understanding of the industry of our customers' businesses helps us obviously uh, create better software, empathize with our customers better, and really you know, serve their needs in the industry dynamics. That's, that's one. The second thing is um, really doing that in the context of that domain, that understand- industry knowledge, executing software in the context of the state of the art um, is, some, is the next thing that a great software company needs to be able to do. So otherwise said, it's not good enough just to understand the industry, build a piece of software, and then say you're done. That software, software's a living and breathing thing. And the great thing about our industry, about technology in general, it's changing all the time. There's new stuff to take advantage of. New new web applications, new infrastructure, new artificial intelligence. And it's our job to think about, okay, in the context of our customer's business, What's the best way to take advantage of all this great new technology to build a better service, to build a more reliable service, to build a more secure service? And so that's the second thing that really needs to, you know, we we and our team needs to bring to the bring to the table. Then the third thing is really how to build a, a software company at scale, and it's just like um, you know a a a, a, ones, a one store rental company. Um, will do things that will help them, you know, have a really nice business. But sometimes, you know, if they want to grow to 10 or 20 stores, they can't do things the same way as if they ran things with one store. So think about howing to, how to run a software company at scale how to um, how to develop software effectively, how to, how to continuously deploy that software, ensuring the high quality that you have, how to engage with customers in an effective way. Um, doing it through, obviously, personal engagements, like we're able to do here at ARA is a lot of fun. But there's also a lot of different ways that our customers want, to, want us to engage with them, that are using different technologies, using mobile applications, using other things that we can do to engage with our customers, giving our customers more of the tools that they want in real time to help solve their problems or get them training you know it's great that they can talk to some of our of our of our awesome service people but sometimes they just want to use their mobile phone and look up hey how do I do this Mm. right and that's more often than not people are looking looking for ways to get it done that way so as we grow as 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 a software company grows it's it's imperative that it thinks about you know how does it think about everything that it does in the framework of scale um, and that's that's the third the third component
0: of you know, how you build a great software company, yeah. I think And so let's say that there's someone that just finished school or that has finished college and they're entering the workforce for the first time and they're trying to plan their career What would you say to them? I would say, you know
1: Learn about the business in, in, in those three ways um, certainly understand uh, the, the customers, their drivers, and how, how uh, uh, the, their company or they personally can make a difference for them. I think that isn't, that's a, obviously an imperative and that clear, that clear customer understanding. Think about then also, you know, as technology businesses, what's a great application of technology to make a difference? Um, we are innovators. Our job is to innovate. Um, and so we're, we don't want to be using yesterday's technology to solve today's problems, we want to use tomorrow's technology to solve today's problems. So thinking about you know, the state of the art in everything that we do, if we're supporting a customer, if we're selling to a customer, if we're obviously engineering software for customers, that's an imperative of ours as well. So think about, you know, we're an innovation business, and so think about how to innovate in that, in that given role. And then the third thing is think about if you're doing something for a customer, how do we not just do that one time well, how do we do it a thousand times well, right? What are things that we can be doing to make that, uh, to replicate that, um, to help serve all of our customers in, a, in an equivalently, you know, a, effective way? And so I think that's the really, you know, the, the, tr- the, 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 the things that I, as somebody coming into technology now, um, you know, can, can think about. And to be honest, I mean, there's there's a lot there. You can you can do a lot, and uh, you know, in, in any one of those pathways, it's sort of a, it presents rich opportunity. I think you know the neat thing about our organization is that you know we we we're looking to we're we're looking to provide a dynamic career environment for people joining our company. And so, you know, in fact, we, we want to create an internal job market, if you will. And so for people who want to try and do new, learn new things, if they want to you know, be highly customer-engaged and in, in, in very customer intimate roles and services, but then they want to get into the engineering side of things, and then they want to get into maybe the you know, a, a support or even sales side of things, we want to give people the opportunity to try different things in our business um, and really learn from that. And, and build a
0: portfolio of experiences that will help them in their careers. Yeah, and finally, so how do you define success? Um, that's a very good
1: and existential question. And so um, I'll, I'll, I'll answer a different question, but it's kind of the same thing. It's um, you know what gets me up in the morning um, is is. Um, Am, am I making a difference and am I making a difference and are we making a difference? are we impacting our customers and helping them get better? Um, are we as a, myself and a, a leadership team are we making a, a better environment for people to build careers so, you know for people our employees who are working for us? I think that's what—that's what, um, that's what uh, how I gauge myself against success is the you know the impact and the difference I'm making um, on our customers, on our industry, um, on the basis of you know helping them provide better services, and then certainly on our, on our employees. Uh, we have employees have been with our business for for several decades. Um, we want new employees to also be with our business for for now several decades as well. And creating a, an, an environment for them that gives them a dynamic, uh, a dynamic place to learn, to try things, to succeed, to fail and learn, um, that's, that's really, I think, a, a big imperative for me. How do, I, how do I gauge myself? Yeah, very good.
0: Well, Matt, thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I enjoyed it.